today on Octal FM, after looking back on 2018 last episode, Gilada and I look forward into 2019, discussing both upcoming games and ones that we've got on our backlog, as well as setting ourselves some gaming resolutions. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Severin. And that's a, that's a large number, episode yeah. 60. Feels, I don't know why that feels bigger than like 50 or 40, um, but it does. It feels, it feels like a big number. We're in the second half, going ahead into our uh, 100th episode now. Yeah, well, we're, on we're well on our way there. And for this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some games of 2019. Um, are looking ahead now that it is 2019. And we talked about those actually in the last episode where we talked about, you know, our games of 2018 and also sort of looking back at those games that we were looking forward to and seeing whether we played them or whether they even came out. And that's sort of, you know, we went on a bit of a journey. I know I certainly went on a bit of a journey about sort of which games I should be looking forward to and prioritizing playing and picking up. And so we've sort of changed the format this episode in kind of reflection of that. And so we're going to talk about a mixture of both upcoming games this year, but also games that the two of us plan to play this year. And, you know, that's not necessarily games that are not out yet. It might be games that we already own or we're playing and we haven't finished yet. That was sort of the outcome, wasn't it, if you like, of the of the previous episode, was that actually it's, it's more about what, what we're thinking about playing and sort of thinking hard about that rather than like just what is coming out. Absolutely, because one of the things that we came to the conclusion on, you more so, I suppose, was how easy it was to not play games that you haven't already experienced before. Like, for example, you came to the conclusion that maybe you were doing too much junk food gaming, as it mm-hmm. were. So we decided that we wanted to talk about games that we were committed to wanting to experience for the first time this mm. year, rather than just going, well, I'll just sit down and play the same game again and again, which doesn't really expand your horizons at all. Yeah. And we didn't want to get bogged down in sort of like a traditional sort of games to watch out for 2019. We just want to talk about the games that we are looking forward to playing in general. So I thought that would make a more interesting discussion. One caveat with that is that it is going to be more subjective. So we are going to be talking primarily about the consoles that we use, which is PC and Switch. Although, like you said last episode, is that you're very much more Switch-based than anything Mm. else now. Although, weirdly, there are a couple of games on here which are also on PS4 and Xbox as well. And they're just not where we will be playing them most of the time. So, yeah, just take take that in mind when we talk about these things. Uh, it's not that we don't like like those platforms. It's just that they're not the ones that we often play because they're not as accessible to us. Right. And on that uh, Nintendo fanboy note, one of the first <laughs> games that uh, we... Well, not one of the first games that's coming out, but one of the first games that we've got on our list for games we're looking forward to in 2019 is Yoshi's Crafted World, right? For for Switch. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to play uh, Yoshi's Woolly World on Wii I watched... Uh, Tony play it. Uh, so I'm sort of mm. familiar with it, but I didn't play it myself. It has a very similar feel to that. And it also has a very similar feel to the old like, Yoshi story game on the N64. Mm. In that it's, it is a platformer. It's very much like the like Kirby's Epic Yarn style games as well. 
So it's sort of a more slow-paced platformer game where you run around and collect kind of different things. It's very accessible as well. Like it's not a difficult game particularly. That's very forgiving if you get hit or if you fall down a hole or something like that. Has a kind of a Rayman Legends feel to it in that Mm -hmm. sense in that if you're playing with a partner, the game is sort of built around that concept of co-op as well. So it's not like just plonking another player in and it just sort of works. It's built with that idea in mind to begin with. So everything works really well with two people. And it's great for you if you say, for example, got one person that's maybe less experienced with games and one person that's more experienced. The game has like a really easy accessibility mode as well. So sort of like those old like super guides that they Nintendo did for a while, like their Mario games. But where you could maybe have like, uh, say in Woolly World, for example, you had like a wings ability mm. where you could have like, like infinite jumps, sort of like a Kirby sort of a, a flying move. And I imagine that will very much be the case for this one as well, because it has that sort of same vibe to it. Yeah, I feel like they've there's a real formula to sort of Nintendo platformers nowadays, isn't there? I don't know if it's because like they get other developers to make them. And so they're sort of maybe they're tightly constrained in the way that they can build the games. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I always feel like like all of the all of the recent Yoshi games and the recent Kirby games and to some extent the recent Mario games. I always feel like they just teeter on the edge of mediocrity. Yeah. They're always good, but it's always a bit touch and go as to whether they're good enough or whether they're Mm. actually, they actually fall into not that great as a category. And so far, I think pretty Mm. much all of them have been in the good category, but it always feels like you're never quite sure <laughs> when you when you're sort I of think maybe them. the problem is is that they don't push the boundaries enough right, in these exactly. games. Maybe they're all a little bit safe, which I guess isn't a bad thing because they know it will sell because it's got their big IPs on it. You know, it's got Mario or Yoshi or Kirby mm. on it. So they know that it's going to make money regardless and they want to make it accessible to people regardless of skill level. So although that does limit sort of the creativity and uniqueness of the game, so they do end up being kind of samey. Which is why, although I am looking forward to playing uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, I'm also like, well, I could just play my copy of Woolly World and it'll pretty much be the same thing, I imagine. (laughs) I think the biggest difference between the two is the fact that this is on Switch, which is going to allow a lot more people to play it. Because although the Wii U version of Woolly World was really good, I don't feel a lot of people played it. There was a 3DS version, but I don't know how well that was received, honestly. I didn't look it up. But I feel like this is going to be sort of like the actual debut of a Yoshi game on a more recent Nintendo console. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they're releasing it on... Like, I'm not surprised that they're doing a Yoshi game on on Switch. It's very similar to how they're releasing, like, new Super Mario Bros. U for Switch or whatever. Yeah, Deluxe something. Again, they've gone, well, we've basically got this awesome game which no one really played because they didn't owe a Wii U. So let's just re-release it for Switch and call it a new game. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Is it the first one that's done on the Unreal Engine? Or were the others on the Unreal Engine as well? I feel like it would have been on the Unreal Engine beforehand, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Like that don't that's quote me on that. But yeah, that's sort of a very a very safe, a very sort of traditional Nintendo title for 2019. And you can't really talk about games that are coming out in 2019 without talking about Anthem, right? Which is the multiplayer third-person sort of action shooter game that is coming out from Bioware. I mean, it sounds like it's Bioware's answer to Destiny. Um, whether that's whether that's actually turns out to be the case, maybe it maybe that's just you know maybe that's more the the press saying that that's what it is rather mm. than what it actually is. But I suspect it probably is. And 
This has been in development for quite a long time, I think. Well, we talked about this in the previous of course we did. episode. Yeah. Like this was one of my games because I, I'm a big Bioware fan. Right. And at that point, I think I'd either had played or I just recently played uh, M.E. Andromeda. I don't remember, mm. to be honest with you. But I was still very much high on kind of Bioware at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, Anthem's their new game. It's going to be awesome. And then it didn't come out. It's all in 2018. We didn't even really learn that much about it in 2018, honestly. But it has got like an actual dated release for this year. So I feel more confident talking about it in this episode. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming out in February the 22nd is the current release date. Whether by the time this episode goes out, that's shifted or not. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Like, I think that I worry that this is like trend following exercise from Bioware. I don't want it to be, you know, we've, it feels very much in parallel to the issues that we've been discussing about Blizzard and Activision, which has been a bit of a theme recently, where Activision are really now beginning to sort of have a say in the direction that Blizzard are taking. And it sort of feels a little bit like this is the same, but with Bioware and EA, right? Like, it's like, how much of this game is is being pushed by EA as a publisher to sort of have an answer to something like Destiny? And how much of it is Bioware actually making a game they want to make because they know it will be good? Not sure on that, quite honestly. My main concern is that you, you brought up a really good point of this is sort of trend following, but this is trend following that's about five years out of date because <laughs> since they've had sort of these like uh, pseudo MMOs like Destiny and The Division, which is basically what this game looks like it's going to be, you've had two other big genre kind of types come out of the MOBA and now the Battle Royale. Mm. And even the Battle Royale starting to slightly go out of fashion a little bit with the exception of Fortnite. Yeah. So it feels like this is very much behind the times. Definitely. So hopefully it isn't just that and it is going to be a more unique experience just with elements of those styles of games in it. Yeah, because I, I don't think that a, another big trend re- recently over the last few years is this sort of like games as a service, right? Like games like Destiny where, you know, you buy the game, but actually you, you then keep buying post-game content or season passes or whatever. And it's just like the game is just a the service for delivering you more content and spending more money mm-hmm. on it. And that feels very counter to Bioware as a company. And in fact, they've said, oh, there won't be a season pass, you know, and stuff like this about Anthem. And it's like, well, but won't there? Like, this is EA. Like, of course there's going to be, like, EA want this to be a game as a service. Surely they want it to be that. And, you know, unless the press are getting it massively wrong and it really isn't like Destiny, then it's going to be like that. And that does feel very counter to bioware and what their their strengths are which is you know great narrative and great gameplay combined like truly Mm. great narrative and you know that's the kind of thing that something like destiny is is perhaps lacking a little bit is that like bioware knack for narrative um knack for narrative i like that um very good you know and so uh, i really hope that that shines through with anthem i'm sort of i'm like hopeful but i'm cautiously pessimistic (laughs) yeah no i think that's exactly how you should put it because I really like Bioware and I don't want this because this, I think if this flops, this will probably be their last game, honestly, until they just kind of get absorbed into the EA, you know, amorphous blob that is their development studios as a whole. And they'll very much lose all of their uniqueness and their uh, identity as a company, which would suck because, you know, they've they've made some of the best storyline games ever. I feel like the last really great game was probably Dragon Age Inquisition, mm, honestly. Mm. Uh, and that was quite a few years ago now. That was sort of the beginning of the PS, PS4 and Xbox One era, which was what, like five years ago mm. now? Because as much as I quite enjoyed it, 
Emmy Andromeda did not do well. I feel like that had a lot of problems, which Anthem could definitely have the same sort of problems, just on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. So I, I am hopeful, like you say, but I'm also, I think, quite understandably pessimistic. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of pressure for Bioware here. Um, and this is probably as sad as it is to say, maybe this is the, either the start of good things to come from Bioware or the end of an era a little bit. And sort of what's interesting is that another game that's coming out in 2019, possibly, is uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, right, which is from CD Projekt Red. They are sort of taking over from Bioware a little bit yeah. for this era of video games, right? Like they are now the they are the Bioware of 2019. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like The Witcher Three was very much the kind of game you'd expected Bioware to yeah. put out like ten, fifteen years ago, Definitely. sort of thing in terms of its scope of narrative and its de- attention to detail. Um, so they very much sort of like carried on. It feels very much like Bioware have passed the torch almost um, to this completely unrelated company. (laughs) And with as well as The Witcher did, with all of its DLC packages, which were all very well received as well, Cyberpunk 2077 is just, it can do no wrong in a lot of ways. Like it can just go from strength to strength if it ends up being a good game. Uh, It's got all of the hype behind it. It's got all of the accolades from previous games behind it. So this could be a real winner. But it also does set it up for a mighty fall as well if it ends up not connecting with audiences like The Witcher 3 did, for example. It's going to be like a first-person action RPG, right? Sort of like Deus Ex style. Yeah, that would it feels like the most... That's the game that sort of stood out to me the most when I was looking it up uh, is very much the more recent deus ex games the uh is a human revolution yeah. and like mankind divided or whatever it was in that it's going to be sort of like a puzzle action rpg style game where you upgrade your different skills and you have sort of like different classes that you will kind of spec into for different perks not sure how that's going to play out and quite honestly it feels like they're not really trying that hard when it comes to the gameplay they are very much focusing on the world that they've built and the the narrative within it too uh, which i think is probably the best thing because trying to reinvent the wheel of gameplay is incredibly difficult but writing a fantastic story although isn't easy plays to their strengths and if done right it is fantastic yeah i'm definitely really interested in this just to sort of see where i'm cautiously pessimistic about anthem i'm sort of cautiously optimistic about something like cyberpunk 2077 because i think that mm there's more potential for them to really produce something that's great and they're not, you know, that they're likely to be less stymied because it's being published by CD Projekt, right? Which is, so it's basically being published by the same company that's developing it. See, that's exact, I was about to make the exact same point in that it feels like this is the sort of game that Bioware would love to make if they didn't have their corporate overlords of EA looking over their shoulder, whereas CD Projekt Red have almost the entire freedom that they want to make whatever they exactly. want. Exactly. So, you know, there, there's more. Po- there's definitely a lot more possibility here for something that's, that's truly great. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. There's a few other sort of games that we're well, maybe Yoshi's Crafted World isn't exactly the most AAA title, but um, Anthem and Cyberpunk 2077 are certainly like, you know, mega titles for 2019. But there's a few other little bits and pieces, you know, from Nintendo. Uh, I'm really interested in a couple of things. One is Animal Crossing for Switch, if it comes out, mainly because I just like Animal Crossing games. And I think the Switch is a perfect platform. Everyone is super hyped about Animal Crossing for Switch. Well, one of the things with Animal Crossing on Switch is that it brings together the best of both worlds. In the the 3DS version of Animal Crossing was perfect in that it had the connectivity of the 3DS, which made it very easy. And the pick up and play aspect of it is important for a game like Animal Crossing. But 
having the Switch install base, as well as having the ability to sort of sit down and go on the go at the same time with it, I think just gives it even more strength to play with. So it feels like Animal Crossing on Switch is the console it was always meant to be. Definitely. And the other thing that I'm interested in observing is Nintendo putting Mario Kart on on smartphones, right? So Mario Kart Tour is meant to come out this financial year for Nintendo, which ends in March. We should be seeing that pretty soon. Now, whether we will or not is another thing. But um, Nintendo are really making a play at putting titles on mobile now, whether it's Mario or Pokemon Go or whatever it is, you know, Fire Emblem, stuff like that. You know, a lot of Nintendo IPs are now being put on mobile and you know that was a big hurdle for us to get over like for nintendo to get over when they started to do that and so to now see mario kart as well coming onto mobile is a really interesting sort of further development of nintendo's strategy around mobile i guess they really can't ignore the profit that mobile can bring them because we were talking about this before the episode and the mobile market is just it's as big as the PC and console yeah. market combined, you know, and the development costs are almost certainly like a fraction of the price. So it just makes sense for them to do this. And to be honest with you, if Nintendo wants to release like mediocre mobile games that I will never play, that will make them a buttload of money, but then allow them to make really awesome games on their consoles, then yeah, go quite. for Nintendo. I am all for <laughs> That's that. That's very true. So long as they don't stop and so long as they do make a new Mario Kart game on Switch um or something similar then yeah agreed um oh i wonder if we will see another mario kart game on switch it's interesting because they've got mario kart 8 deluxe which was basically a port for the wii u version just with like all of the dlc included i don't know it feels like they could just do more dlc for mario kart 8 honestly because it's such a fantastic mm. game but then maybe they'll want to do a switch specific one i don't know i don't know really what you do to even make it worthwhile in the first place it feels like it would just be worthwhile adding more mm. content to, to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I don't know. Um, what other games are we, are we interested in for 2019? You've got a few more on here. So, yeah, for me, there's a couple of ones that have been on the radar for a while now. Uh, one of them is Phoenix Point, which is being developed by some of the team from the more recent XCOM games. Um, has a very XCOM feel to it as well. A little more sci-fi, a little bit like fantasy sci-fi rather than like more hard sci-fi in that it's like fighting really ridiculous aliens in like this really like <laughs> catastrophic environment. It looks really cool. There's a couple of demo versions floating around for like backers of the game. Um, it's got a lot of potential find. It's got all the right team behind it. So that will be, uh, that'll be really good when that finally drops, like a full version of the game. There's also going to be Yakuza 4 on PS4, because that was on PS3 originally. Uh, and that's going to be another ability for people to get into the Yakuza series, which is a game series I'm going to talk about in the next section we're going to do. Because again, that's one that's maybe passed a lot of people by up until recently with some of the more widespread releases of the games on more installed consoles like the PS4, for example. Because obviously PS3 wasn't the most sold console ever. (laughs) And then lastly for me, there's also the new Fire Emblem game on the Switch, Three Houses. There's not really a lot of information on that, to be honest with you. It's slated for a 29 release, but who knows, honestly, that one really could just be pushed back to 2020 without any question whatsoever but it's exciting because it's going to be the first Fire Emblem game on a home console for quite a few years now I think the last one was on GameCube honestly I might be wrong on that but I think it was the last ones were on GameCube and again it feels like Fire Emblem is like super hot right now because Fire Emblem Awakening did really really well uh, the Fire Emblem Heroes games on mobile were like still super popular and all of the Fire Emblem characters in Super Smash Brothers 
Ultimate will push that brand even further. So it feels like it's a really good time to release a, a yeah. It's funny actually. Game. Fire Emblem as a like you say as a brand is you know has really risen over the last well a good few years. But ever since they started to, f- from my point of view, it feels like ever since they started to introduce them into Smash, it was kind of like oh now like we're you know we're getting behind this franchise that traditionally has been very. Um, Eastern mm. and sort of move, actually moving it into the West's, you know, like field of vision, <laughs> if you like. Mm. It has a very similar sort of like rise to glory feel as the Persona yeah, games definitely. do and the Shin Megami Tensei games. In the originally, they were like, well, we won't bother releasing them outside of Japan because people won't be interested in them. And then when they finally did sort of take the plunge, you're going, well, we'll try one. And people were like, this is incredible. Release all of them. And they were like, oh, okay, we can make yeah. loads of money here. Let's do that then. Uh, and that's very much, I think, what's happened with Fire Emblem. So there is going to be a bit of a saturation point, unfortunately, because they do release way too many games sometimes with these ones. Like, I think there's been like three or four Fire Emblem games in the past yeah. few years, which were just sort of okay. And there were some spin offs. So that's not a good thing. But when there's core console titles like this, that could be really exciting because they can do something a bit different than the standard sort of like uh, handheld devices, which they usually put the yeah. titles on. So I'm really interested and excited for that. But. I'm not looking to play it in 29 right <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of Persona, actually, you know, thinking outside of um, games that are sh- slated for release in 2019 and thinking more about our own journey through video games for the next year, Persona 5 has obviously been out for a while now on PS4, but there's a lot of mumblings about Persona 5 coming out on Switch. And I think that it would be a really, really great switch game and so if it does then it's definitely something that i'm interested in picking up uh if it comes out this year because i watched tony play persona 5 and actually really got invested in the story just through watching her and so i'd be really interested to also play it myself i'm not interested in playing it particularly on ps4 but i would be really interested in picking it up if it comes out on switch yeah it'd be perfect for you on the switch which is sort of one of the reasons why i've added it to my list against 2019 because i've owned it on ps4 now for like six months and i just haven't got around to sitting down <laughs> and playing it but if then it got announced like it's coming on switch when i just started playing it this year coming then i'd be a little bit annoyed because i'm like oh i would rather play on switch <laughs> as well but now i've started on ps4 i kind of got to finish it right but that's just a game that i think is a perfect example of bringing a more japanese related game to the west and it's just taken off like Persona 4 and 3 did very well in the West as well, but this one really did seem to set the world Definitely. on fire. It would make sense to release it on the hottest console as well. Yeah, absolutely. Too. And sort of continuing the the Eastern game theme a little bit, I'm still playing Akami on Switch. And so I'm going to definitely finish that this year, um, hopefully soon. I think I'm about halfway through. And it's actually, it's picking up actually as a, as a game. The more I play it, I'm now sort of maybe 15, 16 hours in. I I think it's sort of about 30 hours for the main story, 30 30 plus hours for the main story. And it's sort of deepening. Like the first 10 hours maybe is is fairly shallow and sort of the game world feels quite small and enclosed and quite railroad. Mm. And it's still it's still very railroaded. And you're sort of you have specific things to do and places to go in the sort of traditional Zelda style but at the same time, it feels like it's beginning to flow a lot better. Now I'm about halfway through, which is kind of cool. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing that and and get that finished. Well, still continuing in games from the east that we've yet to have a chance to play <laughs> either. I'm also looking to try and play another Japanese rated game, which is Yakuza Zero. 
Uh, I mentioned Yakuza about five minutes ago with Yakuza 4 coming to PS4. But Yakuza 0 I've got on PC. I've had it again for a little while now. And I've never played a Yakuza game before. So I'm committing to trying to get into this series because it does feel like my kind of series. Like It has that sort of like over-the-top bombastic anime-style storylines that's just ridiculous with like these really big, tough guys doing these really big, tough fights. You know, It, it feels like a really fun game series to mm. play through. So I'm definitely wanting to commit to getting myself like immersed in that world and that genre of game. Yeah, and so there, there, how many Yakuza games are there? There's a lot, right? Yeah. A lot, a lot. <laughs> I think the first like two were either Japanese exclusives or like they were released as sort of like a collection pack later on in the West. But the game didn't seem to kind of get fully properly released in the West until three, I think. And then four was sort of like the main one that got released that was pushed in the West on the PS3. But again, the PS3's install base was a little lower than it probably wanted to have been. And they've had quite a few spin-off titles as well and some re-releases here and there. So it's one of the... And obviously there's Zero, which is the one I just talked about. So again, that kind of like throws you through a loop of, well, which mm-hmm. one do I start with? Do I start with one or do I start with Zero or whatever? So there's it's one of those sort of like convoluted Japanese Right. video game yeah. series just like persona yeah. in a sense you know with shin megami tensei and all the versions of that so it's hard to know where to start but it is a series i've been looking forward to playing for quite a long time so i'm definitely going to commit some time this year to to playing mm. through that and so you know i talked about uh in the previous episode i talked about really trying to avoid sort of as we say junk food gaming so that kind of like games that have no real perceivable end and that games that are just really easy to kind of like just pick up and play for a little bit such as Heroes of the Storm or, you know, any MMO or anything that's just sort of quite open-ended. The only open-ended game that I think I'm going to, well, that I am going to be playing this year, at least initially, is um, Diablo 3 on Switch uh, because I got that for Christmas. And I was really excited about picking that up because I really did enjoy Diablo 3 uh, on PC, but I never really got a chance to explore a lot of the, like, refined content. You know, they sort Mm. of added a lot of post-game content uh, and they've added things like seasons and they added the necromancer and all of this kind of thing so and the switch version has everything it's like the final you know the final edition if you like so i'm looking forward to well i am i'm already playing through it um it works really really well on switch there's a lot of like real quality of life stuff on the consoles that is really really cool um like being able to um immediately respond to items you've picked up by like junking them or equipping them and it sort of shows you if it's any good or not uh, which is really cool um so that is sort of my junk food gaming exception i was gonna say like i don't doubt that it's a great game because i've played diablo 3 on pc and i really enjoyed it but you just sound like an addict trying to justify their choice of going back to their addiction i know source. i know but I, the, the, um, <laughs> but it has really good quality of life changes and it's <laughs> and it's sort of not junk food gaming like it sort of has an end and you right, just I'm trying to justify wanting to Look, play I'm another myself off. Blizzard. moving my way moving from yeah, heroes to like, diablo 3 i think is the sensible direction to go and then where are you going back off that world of warcraft oh wait you didn't do that this year didn't you you blizzard junkie apart from diablo 3 the my main focus <laughs> one of my main focuses for this year is yeah to really avoid those sorts of games and so there's a lot of indie titles that have been on my list for a long time that i've just never really um i've just never had time to pick up and the thing is is that What's great is that a lot of them are now moving onto Switch. Um, so games that have been sat on my list for ages, it's now actually paid off to wait all this time because now things like Firewatch and Hyperlight Drifter and Dead Cells, you know, like games that... Um, is Dead Cells was originally on PC? 
Yeah, I feel like it was originally on PC. I'm pretty sure it's had a release yeah. on all systems Like, these now. are games that have traditionally been on consoles and on PC, and, and you know, they're now all on, on Switch as well. And so, even though they're a little bit more expensive on Switch, and I could pick them up on PC in a humble bundle really cheap or whatever... I'm not going mm. to. I'm going to pay a little bit more. I'm going to get them on Switch because that is how I can get through them and play them. You know, I've, I've got much more time to sit on the sofa or sit on a train or whatever it is and play through some of these games that actually aren't very long and wouldn't aren't going to take me very long to finish. They do take a long time if I have to sit up at the PC to play them where I'm inevitably might open Heroes of the Storm instead. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure that I really can knock off some of these games this year. Um, and also another mm. indie title that's just recently come out is called Gris, which is on Switch. And that's actually from a Barcelona um, studio called um, Nomada Studio. And it's sort of like, looks a little bit like Journey, but 2D and watercolor. And yeah, it looks really, really cool. So I'm definitely going to pick that up this year. I think for the most part for yourself, like we discussed this in the previous episode, that the increased price and sometimes the wait for games to come on the Switch is worth it for you because otherwise you probably just wouldn't yeah. play them at all right even if you could pick them up cheaper on say pc or whatever so that could have like increased in price is definitely worth the value for expanding your gaming horizon. exactly and that's that's kind of well that's a good way of putting it that's rather than in a negative of like no junk food gaming in a positive of expanding my you know horizons a little bit with gaming then i think that that's kind of what i want to focus on this year for me, I'm actually kind of going the other way. Like, I want to try and play more PC games. Hmm. I have actually been a little bit addicted to my Switch recently. One of the games I need to finish, for example, is Breath of the Wild. I still haven't finished that. Uh, I find that I keep going on there and just, like, rather than doing the main quest line, I'll just go and do something else because that's exactly <laughs> what you can do in Breath of the Wild. But I need to commit to finishing it, not because I want to get it over with, but because I kind of need to so I can focus on other games too. But like I've got quite a lot of PC games I want to play, but one of the ones that I really haven't played enough of, and it is going to be a massive time sink for me, I understand that, is Civ Six and all of the expansion packs for Civilization Six, Because I bought it when it first came out, and I played it quite a bit, and I really liked it, but it definitely had some flaws. But it's had two expansions since now, or rather one expansion, I think one's coming out quite soon. And in traditional civilization fashion, these expansions basically make the game what it should have been to begin with, which is pretty <laughs> annoying considering the fact that you're basically paying for a game twice then because the game full price is like 40 quid and the expansions are like 30 quid each sort of thing, you know, without if they're not on sale, um, which is quite steep. But it is a game series that I've played now for like ooh, 15, 20 years sort of thing. You know, I really, really love them. So it's worth it for me and i am going to have to invest that time into it as well um so i'm going to try and move away from the switch a little bit myself from that easy gaming to sitting down and really focusing on some strategy games mm. you know yeah any any other like pc pc gaming uh, in particular that you'll want to focus on well i mean i've got valkyria chronicles 4 to play as well which i think i mentioned in the previous mm. episode i think which again, I know it could have gotten on Switch, but I ended up picking up on PC because it was just significantly cheaper and it runs smoother. So I've got that as well. And I also, I kind of want to get into a more competitive game again. I haven't had like a competitive game for mm. quite a while now where I, I did play Overwatch quite a lot about a year and a half ago, I think, um, sort of like the tail end of 2017. But I haven't really played that for a long time. I used to be uh, really into my card games like Yu-Gi-Oh! I played that a lot. So I'd like to maybe get back into a card game subscription. I don't really feel Hearthstone. Like I've played it a few times and I've never really gelled with it. So I was thinking about maybe looking at Artifact, the new oh, uh, yeah, Valve yeah. 
based uh, CCG. I don't really know much about it, so I don't know if it's been well received or not, honestly. But there are quite a lot of like online CCGs I could play. Or maybe getting into a MOBA properly, because I've never really played a MOBA like aggressively. Um, I don't just mean here as the Storm, I mean maybe like League or um, any other sort of MOBA-based mm. game, I don't know. Just just something to sort of like scratch that yeah. competitive itch, because I haven't haven't really played any competitive games now for quite a long time, and I'm, I'm kind of missing it a little mm. bit. Interesting. So as I come out of the very amateur competitive scene with no more Heroes of the Storm, and you're, you're sort of falling <laughs> into the competitive scene... <laughs> Because, I mean, for example, this year, especially earlier in this year, I spent pretty much 100% of my gaming time on Elite Dangerous, which I don't regret at all. I really, really enjoyed myself. And that's a junk food game, if ever there was one. (laughs) Well, but see, that's it, isn't it? That was sort of where I was going with it, in the sense that I didn't really accomplish that much. I did, because it was very much a social thing, because I played with some people on, like, a Discord channel, and we had goals that we set forward for each other, and we were, like, it was very much a social game for me you know, very much a pseudo MMO. But again, it didn't really achieve anything in terms of my experience with games as a whole. I can't say I completed Elite Dangerous, you know. So I'd like to maybe sort of move away from those games and move towards things that I can complete and I can be, I don't want to say proud of, but I can I can say I have done this game now and I can move on to something else and I will remember the effect it had on me when I'd finished it. Yeah, definitely. Because it's a good feeling finishing a game as well, you know, and starting a new game is is always a great feeling as well. So giving yourself more of that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, like it's like finishing a good book. You're really sad about it ending, but you're also really satisfied that you've had this wonderful conclusion. It's all being wrapped up in this nice package for you. Definitely. So that's sort of my goal for 2019, along with the games that we mentioned previously about like coming out this year too. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's, that's our sort of like... Look ahead. We'll do another retrospective uh, at the end of 2019, which is a year away. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that retrospective is more or less successful than our other retrospective. <laughs> well, I expect us to make it more successful because we're, we're promising to each other and to our listeners that this is our commitment for the year. Right. So last year, I think we were a little bit too wishy-washy. This year, no, we're saying, I'm going to, I tell you what, I'm going to say it right now. Of the games I've listed so far, of games of 2019 and games that I want to play, I'm going to play at least three of them to full completion (laughs) telling you now great i'm not going to make any such commitment (laughs) oh you know because i reckon within a month's time you're going to have hots reinstalled (laughs) well they they've got this new skin and and and, you know (laughs) i just feel like i really really earned it you know Uh, you're probably right <laughs> but yeah that's that's our sort of um goals and thoughts for 2019 but what about what about you dear listener what are your plans you know things that we've we've missed off here we're not well i um, mean maybe you got some games for christmas uh that you know you're looking forward to playing for the rest of the year uh maybe there's just like us you've got like a big backlog of games that you didn't really get a chance to play through that you're looking forward to picking up uh, we did miss off quite a lot of games that are coming out in the year as well some smaller triple a games but also some like lesser known indie games are coming out so let us know what you're planning on playing uh and maybe make a commitment with us as well to definitely get them done this year yeah, let's have a little commit. Let's have a little pledge, little Octal FM listener pledge. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you can email us about that pledge by emailing show at octal.fm or you can come grab us on Twitter at Octal FM or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Octal FM. And otherwise, have a, have a wonderful 2019, everyone. And I've been Gelada. And I've been Severin. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. 
Uh, and also we've talked about, um, you know, sort of like, we've talked about, blah. and also we've talked about how, blah. what am I trying to say? I know what I'm trying to say. We talked about. <laughs> Which is the multiplayer third per- person acts. Say that fast. But I think their last great game really would have been. Um, I'm sorry, my phone went off and distracted me. <laughs> it's like I can't think what the game is. <laughs> Wait, what is the things we missed off? I didn't really have anything. I don't. I, I was hoping that my brain was just going to come up with something as I said. But it's that. like no. I think we covered everything. I'm going to blame the coffee for for my stuttering. Yeah, I can say you're. Yeah, you couldn't get your words out. I struggled today. That was bad. Um, like you're you're much better in the evenings. That doesn't surprise me. Because we've got forty minutes on the clock, right? And I reckon we could cut out at least five minutes of retakes there. <laughs> A couple of things that we were just like, oh, we just need to reword those things. But you you just I don't know, just mum spaghetti everywhere.